Welcome to the Macros for Life podcast, where we talk all things macros, business, and marriage. We're your hosts, Eve and Randall Guzman. Visit our website at www.gtransformationacademy.com, where you can download our free How to Track Macros guide. This guide has helped over 15,000 people start their macro tracking journey. I mean, she's definitely someone, Bree, someone I've admired for a while. And I followed um, her journey for a couple of years. And I was like, I'm pretty sure a lot of the things that I went through on social media and growing and having a business and going through like my own, you know, things as a coach and changing who my ideal client is, she's someone that probably can relate and has gone through a lot of things. And you guys know, we talk all the time about like social media struggles and growth and imposter syndrome. And I don't want to be on here, but I got to make money and I got to post something. Um, And she's someone I can definitely tell from the sidelines that has done like a really good job balancing, at least on the outside. So thank you. (laughs) We'll get into that. (laughs) Yeah. All of us can feel like a hot mess inside. So I thought it would be really cool to chat with someone I feel is pretty similar um, and get like some of the crazy thoughts and feelings and questions out of our heads so we can realize we're all the same. We go through the same stuff. So please here, you guys. Welcome. Hello. Thank you. Do you want me to kind of just give like a background of, of my journey here or do you want to just start with questions or what's the format that we want to go with for this? Let's do your background for those that are new and just um, saw like the invite this week so they can kind of get a gist of how things have grown for you, especially um, share like when you started your Instagram account. Yep, totally. So I actually have not been in this uh, field for my entire life. I went to college as a bio major. I wanted to be pre-med, essentially be going to PA school. I got done with college. I was like, screw this. I'm so done with school. I just want to work. And so then I went to insurance. I went a completely different route got an insurance job, was in insurance for six years. And during all that time, I was, I've always been into fitness. My parents grew up exercising and working out. They prioritized their health, to be honest, probably a little bit too much, um, but did have a negative impact on, on how I saw things. And so I've always been into fitness and was kind of just figuring things out, really enjoyed fitness while I was in insurance. It was kind of a hobby, kind of a hobby slash something I liked. And I always thought I was like, I'm never going to make this a job because if I make it a job, it's going to ruin it for me. And so I was like, I could never do this as a full, full-time thing. And so I always thought about like starting an Instagram page and like sharing my story and just like, at least kind of helping people. And I always said, I don't have the time. I don't have the time. I don't have the time. That was always my thing. I, I, I work, you know, I, I don't have the time to be doing this. And then, so did insurance for six years. And then all of a sudden the wonderful thing called the pandemic hit and I had nothing but time. And so I was like, okay, well, if this is really your excuse for not starting your page, your excuse is now out the window. So you have to do it, or you need to admit that you actually really never want to do it anyways. So I was like, oh, you're right. So 2020 hits, I was like, I'm just going to start sharing my journey. And I started sharing my journey, sharing what I did. And I was like, wow, this is actually a lot of fun helping other people. Like it isn't ruining it for me. If anything, it's making more passionate about it. So in 2020, I started posting consistently showing up on my page, everything. And I was like, wow, I'd really love to do this full time. Um, And then May of 2021, I started taking on clients. So I started, I launched my page officially May 21st of 2020. May 21st of 2021, I launched my coaching program, but I was still working full-time. So I worked full-time 40 hours. Then I also took on a handful of clients as well. Um, and then August 1st of 2021. So let's see, May, June, July, August, four or five months later, I went full time into coaching. Um, it was definitely a leap of faith. I did not have enough clients to replace my income at the time. I was like, look, I have this much in savings. It's, it's do or die. Like it's not a, it's not a, my mindset was, it's not a matter of if it works out, it's when, like, it's going to happen. I'm going to make sure I work. And I will admit, like I did have, I do have a spouse. Like it does help to know. I do have some worst case scenario. We can cut out all of our expenses and all of our Netflix subscription and and Spotify and all that. And like, make it work. Should this completely fail? Um, but I also remember like, there's always a nine to five to go back to. And so I always thought, I was like, I don't want to live in this regret of like, what if I never tried to do coaching because I'm really enjoying helping others and, and doing it now. And so I was like, I can always go back to a nine to five, but like, when will I have this other opportunity to do coaching? So anyways, took the plunge, um, August 1st of 2021, 
went full time and then just have really grown my business from there. And now it's August 10th of 2023. I've officially two full years of being full time. And I am just so glad that I took the risk and, um, yeah, that's kind of how I've got here today. So I don't know if there's anything else I should expand on. That, no, that was pretty much it. Okay. I mean, pretty much what I knew your story to be, yeah. but I didn't know that when you went full time, that at least to you, like I didn't have enough clients. Yeah. And that's yeah, important to- because everybody makes it look like, oh, I'm just like living high on the hog. I'm so rich now. Like I went from zero to six figures in three months and now it's becoming normalized, but it's not always that easy. Well, and to be transparent, I mean, I just love being transparent. I made about $4,000 a month, probably at my, or about $4,000 a month at my insurance job. And so that was my replacement that I was going for. And so I had seven clients at the time when I made the jump, I'm trying to do the math right now. I charged 300 to 400. So let's just average at 350. I was making about $2,400 a month. So I took the jump making half of what I was making at my, at my last job, um, mm-hmm. to kind of give people an idea of like what my jumping off ground, like she said, is wasn't, I was rolling in the dough. I was like, okay, I'm making half of what I make at this job. You know, this is what bills are going to look like. Should this not work out? And if I need to go back to a job I, or nine to five, I can. So. And when you did go full time, did you see a shift in like your mindset, your energy, because now you could devote more time to coaching and do you think that led to some more growth yes and no because you're like oh my gosh I have all this time to dedicate but you're like wow I have all this time like I can do whatever I want with my time so yes and no because I feel like the discipline really came in there so yeah it was really nice having the extra time but I also felt like when I I don't know if some of y'all are like this, but when I have like a deadline, I, I procrastinate and like I work, I say I work really well under pressure, but the, the problem with me is I just let things happen till the last minute and I do it all at the last minute. So when I was like working my full-time job and had to do Instagram, it was like, I either have to film these reels on Saturday or they won't get filmed versus when I was full-time, I was like, oh, I can just do it tomorrow. I have the time. And so, yes, I had more time, but at first I really did struggle in being like, okay, Brie, like you have to sit down and get this stuff done, uh, versus like having all this extra time in your hands. Does that make sense? Oh yeah. Okay. Yeah. Sometimes I can be a procrastinator like that. And when I went full time, like all of that time, it was like, what do I do? Yeah. It's yeah. Weird. You kind of, it, it is weird. Yeah. And you, really you push weird. it off, but then you're just like, okay, well now that I have extra time, I can do more. I can get ahead on things now. Like I wasn't able to do. And so it took some time to adjust to that, but now it's much, much better. Yeah. Yeah. So when you first started being completely full time, comparing now on social media versus then, are there any things that you can remember that you would say are like very different? Yes. Um, when I first started, I feel like having an aesthetic feed was really important. And that's something that did help to grow my page at first, but I feel like nowadays, like it being aesthetic isn't as needed like sure it does look nice I do think I mean as I think we should have to admit we live in a society where like visually things can matter like people can come to your page and it you know how it looks may matter but I think that matters less now and when I started reels hadn't come out yet I believe reels came out at like January of 2021 so it was like probably nine ten months after I joined it was just photos and then reels came out the following year, 2021. And that I feel like really changed the game as far as exposure. You know what I mean? Cause previously we have a photo when you're on the explore page, it's 12 other boxes you're competing with. When you're scrolling on reels, you have someone's full undivided attention on a screen. And so mm-hmm. I do think reels offers a, a better opportunity for growth and to get new eyes. Yeah. But how did you feel when reels first came out? Were you like, oh, I'll try it. Or like, oh, another thing. <laughs> um, I think I was pretty open to it. I think my mindset behind a lot of things, it's like, okay, it is what it is. It's either you do it or you don't. You know what I mean? Like, I think why spend so much energy complaining about it when you could navigate that energy into doing reels? And so, yes, does it take more time? Is it more time consuming? A hundred percent. Do I wish I could just post photos and that work too? A hundred percent. But I owe all of my growth to reels. If I'm being a hundred percent honest, I went from 
in whatever reels rolled out, I think it was March when I did this in March of 2021, I did 30 reels for 30 days. I went from 3000 followers to 30,000 followers in 30 days. I was like, this is awesome. So I did 20 reels in 30 days. So I posted five reels, like five Monday through Friday. I took the weekends off and I grew an additional like 10, 15,000 people. So for me, reels was really, really great because it really got the exposure out there for me. And so as much as like everyone hates having to do reels and they take the time, they will get you, I believe, um, get you growth. Unlike photos. Well, I think there's still value. You can, you, there's, there's, this is, I think the thing you have to remember about content, there is a purpose to different types of content. There's content for growing, there's content for nurturing your audience and there's content for, you know, just growing closer to your audience. And so I think a lot of times we have this pressure of like, Oh, I only got 50 likes on my reel. And normally I get a hundred likes. It's like, well, maybe the purpose of that content was to connect more with your audience. It wasn't to grow. And so there's a lot of times where I'll post like the, I, I think you all have probably seen like the Twitter post where it's like a swipe carousel. I get the worst engagement, the worst amount of likes, but you know, the amount of people that's that look at those, um, posts that I make and they'll send them to me in the DMs be like, this was so incredibly helpful. And so I have to remember there's different types of content serve different purposes. And could I do educational with reels at the same time? And it serves both purpose. Sure. hundred percent. But I also have to remember like, just because it doesn't get a ton of likes doesn't mean it wasn't valuable for someone. And it didn't attract the ideal audience that I'm trying to attract. Is that? Yes. Okay. That is like an awesome point because I know when I am going through and looking at like the stats of my content and then my team is looking at it and the insights, we will get more applications, more signups um, on content. That's kind of like your carousel content. Yeah. Like, cause I do the same thing too. We'll get more um, people that are like, this really helped and applications and enrollment and growth in our email list from those versus right. the reels that kind of go viral, lots of likes, lots of right. views. And so sometimes we'll kind of boomerang out whatever we need the direction of our growth to be based off of the type of posts we pick. Cause like yeah. you said, there's a different kind for everybody. Yeah. And so I think that that helps a lot remembering that because again, you just look at a post and you're like, oh my gosh, like people must not like these Twitter posts because, you know, I'm used to getting X amount of likes on my reels and I only get a hundred likes on these Twitter posts. And it's like, no, it's just one Instagram's not pushing the, the photo content or the whatever non-real content. And two, it just provides value in a different way. And people engage with stuff differently. And, you know, when it comes to reels, it's all for me personally, it's about evoking a emotional response from people. You know, the, the reels that people comment on, or like even yourself, when you comment on a reel, it's because it ignited a strong emotional response, whether that was negative or positive. It's kind of hard to do that in a Twitter post. You know what I mean? Like, yeah, it could be a really banger Twitter post, right? And be like, oh my gosh, this is so good. It's just not going to get the type of engagement that reels do. And so I just remember when I'm posting stuff, it's like this one, this post right here, where I'm posting about my dog doing X, Y, Z, it's just for people to get to know me. It's going to do abysmal on the likes. It's going to do terrible on the comments, but now people get to know I'm an animal person. You know what I mean? And so people may relate to that and be like, oh, wow, Breeze, I am too. Okay. Let me engage. Let me look at more of her content. Oh, she teaches about calorie tracking. She's about macro. Like, Oh, I've never heard about this before. And then they start to engage with you more and it brings people in. So you have to remember that different content serves different purposes. And just because you don't get a certain amount of likes or a certain amount of comments doesn't mean that piece of content failed. Right. That yeah. makes sense. I think we get so caught up in the vanity metrics. We don't also think about who reads it, have that yep. kind of emotional um, excitement that you're talking about. And some people don't ever hit a button or do anything, but they yeah. love your stuff. Yeah. I, ha I had a, a point in my a business coaching where I was like two, three months, I'd have a single application come in, single application come in. And I was like, but when I look back at that time and I recognize this, and that's why I made the switch. I was posting stuff, just get likes, just get viral. And I was just getting really caught up in the influencer. I feel like I really struggle with the torn of like trying to be like this influencer also being a coach. And so it's like, I want to educate people, but I also want to be like, you know, this cute little, whatever, like, you know, sponsor paid by Gymshark, whatever. And so I struggled with finding that balance. I'm like, this isn't me. Why am I doing this? And so I was like, screw it. I'm going back to my educational stuff. I'm doing what I want to post in the first month. I went back to posting what I 
started my page with posting, which is educational content and went back to what felt good. I got seven applications in that month. And so I think it just shows that you have to stick with what you're passionate about. I'm not saying that, you know, tomorrow you're going to get seven applications. I just think it really shows your audience who you've, I attracted my audience and built my audience based on education. I've always been very educational up front. That's what I post all the time. So when I switched this, like influency, trying to just be like trendy or whatever, it just, that's not who I attracted. That's not who my following was. And so I went back to that. That's who I was attracting. And I think people can read through when you're not giving your whole heart into something that you want to be posting. Does that make sense? Mm -hmm. And so I had to go through that to learn, you know? Me following you, I saw that same shift. I was like, oh my God, she's kind of going back to her original stuff. Like your content. Yeah. Similar. We're different, but it is very educational. Our background is very similar. I mean, that's like why I like your stuff. Thank you. (laughs) It is similar, but that is what people had come for you, come to you for originally. Yeah. Yeah. And I could see the shift back and it's definitely reflected even in some of the comments that I read that people are saying and they're getting so much value. Yeah, hundred percent. Like you said, you even noticed that shift. And so it's like, it feels so much better. And like, just because I shifted back to the content I like posting doesn't mean I have days where I'm like, oh, I got to film. Like I was supposed to create all my content for next week. This past Tuesday, I got food poisoning. Now I got to do it all today. And I'm like, I do not feel like doing it today at all. But I'm like, what, what's my other choice? You know what I mean? Not have content for next week. And so after we get off this call later today, you guys know what I'll be doing is I'll be filming and creating my content for next week. So mm-hmm. I think that's the other thing too, is a lot of times, like we don't feel like making the content or like, what do you do when you don't feel like doing it? It's like, you just, it's like what you would advise your clients. Like you're going to have your clients come to you and be like, well, I don't feel like getting my steps and I don't feel like, you know, doing X, Y, Z. And it's like, you know, discipline or motivation, like your m- motivation is doing something based on how you feel and discipline is doing it despite how you feel. And so you recognizing like, it's okay to not feel like doing it and you just push through and get it done. You know? Yeah. Do you have a content process that you like to follow or do you I, change it a lot? <laughs> yes. Would you, I actually use Trello. Is everyone familiar with Trello by chance? For I think that? people definitely are. Could I share my screen? Would y'all be oh, okay yeah, if yeah, I yeah. showed, my, showed my Trello? Yeah, let me do. It'll be overwhelming at first, but just y'all stick with me for like two seconds. And then I think you guys will see what I'm doing. Hold on security. Allow. I think I did it. Yep. Allow. Okay. 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 Let me, this is how my brain works. So everyone take this in pieces for what works for you, but I do like being organized. And so for me, I like to visually see it. And so what I do is I use something called Trello. And again, this is going to look really overwhelming when you see it, but just follow me here. So I do is this is a Trello board and these are basically like sticky notes with cards on them. So actually let me create like a whole new board. And just so you can kind of see what it looks like when you do it. So for example, like this is what a beginning of a board looks like. And so I might do real content, Twitter post content, can't type. Um, I don't know, Monday's content. I don't know if I did like a banger post every Monday or something like that. And then from here, I can add an idea. So if I'm like working away or like talking with a client on text and they bring up calorie cycling, I'm like, ooh, that could be a good um, content thing. So I'll type in calorie cycling. I have that idea here. I can expand it and you can type in like your notes. You could do your caption. I'm really not doing a good job of typing caption. Type out your caption here. You could put like, your ideas right here of like what you want to talk about for that. And then I can add a checklist to it. So I could do like um, things to do and I could put like a scripted out film, get tripod, I don't know, and check things off. And then I also can schedule it. I can do a date and be like, okay, this is going to go up on the 15th of August at 1021. I don't care what the time is and hit save. So I can schedule things. And so you can create columns and create cards. What I love about this is it transfers also onto phone. So if I'm at the doctor's office and I overhear two ladies talking about they don't eat carbs, and I'm like, ooh, I should do a post on that. I can pull up my phone, type in the card, and then type in my ideas, and I can come back to it. So if we go to my content planning board, you can see here, here's all of August's posts right here so far. So if I go to my calendar, you can see I have everything scheduled out. So here's everything I scheduled out. Here's where I posted it, and here's everything I've planned coming up. And so it's nice visually for me to see like, okay, this is what I've planned. I still have this week to plan out and I can schedule things. Um, But on top of, so this is August. These are reels that once I post it, I will drag it over here. 
uh, when you're ready for a gym, I already posted that gym mistake. I posted that one. When I do a Twitter post, I just drag it over here. That's posted. And then here are all my idea, little columns. So I have like exercise reels, just general Instagram reel ideas, any reusable sounds, Twitter post topics, slap ones, ones that like, are that like borderline, like honesty moment. And then just like any brand collaboration, stuff like that. And so like, if I, for example, let's do like, um, an Instagram reel, let's do a recent one. Um, this one, I just put the title of the reel that I saw and I copy and pasted the link so I can click on it and go back to it and be like, okay, what was that reel again? Oh, that's right. I really like the sound and I can go back and use that sound. So I don't particularly like saving sounds in a folder on Instagram that gets clunky for me. I like having it all in Trello so I can just scroll through and look at all of my different ideas for content. No, there was just a uh, question about Trello cost. I think the intro oh, it's free. free. Yeah. It's, I use the free version. I always have. So, um, yeah. And so, and then like this one, it says filming, creating, I create labels on mine. So I know what process I'm in. So like, if I need to film it, edit and do the captions, it'll have all three tags. And then as I work through them, I take off the tags. So I know what's left to be done. And then once it's done, I hit completed. So that way I know in my August column here, this one is done and ready to go. So again, that's how my brain works. And then I like to see the visual of the calendar. And then I just love that it's also on a phone. So that way at any moment, if I'm again, scrolling through reels or something when I'm at a doctor's appointment or at a stoplight or whatever, and I see something I like, I copy the link, I throw it onto a card and I can revisit it back later. Is there any um, time that you schedule out that you don't go past? Do you do like no more than a month? Or? I do two I do two weeks at a time. That's how I work best. I honestly, last one asks, are you able to post straight from the board? No, you can't. But I just copy paste. So I will have the reel. I actually edit the reel outside of Instagram. I do it in Splice. You can do CapCut. I don't care. It doesn't matter what you use. Don't overthink this. Um, I edit the reel outside of Instagram or like the Twitter post. I edit outside of Instagram and then I will type the caption in Trello. So that way when I'm ready to post, I just pop in the video. I grab the caption from Trello. I throw it in Instagram and I hit post. So it's just all right there ready for me. Um, yes, you can add audio you want into Splice. So when you are on Splice, so you'll add in your video. So I'm trying to think of the best way to explain this. When you have an audio you want to use that you want to edit outside of Instagram, you screen record that audio. Then when you go into splice, you put in the video that you, you put in the video that you filmed yourself, you hit overlay and put the video on there. And then you tap on the video that you added as an overlay and then scroll over and hit extract audio. And then you delete the video. I hope that makes sense. I will screen record that and send that to Eve and, and I don't know who, who, um, do fitnesses, but have her send that to you. So you can see a visual of what I mean by that. So I'm sorry, if you asked me something and then I went back to the chat. No, you're good. Oh, you asked if I go out farther. Um, I tried to do a month, like a couple months ago and I got so overwhelmed. I just like lost it. And I was like, I can't do this. This is too much. So I went back to two weeks at a time because that has worked. And if I can inch my way up to a month, I would love to, it'd be awesome if I could just like batch all my content in one week and be done for the rest of the month. But I just work really good in two week intervals. So I think you just have to find what works well for you. Yeah, I agree. I don't usually go further than that myself because I don't feel as connected to the content anymore. Yeah. Like, why yeah, did and I there's like that? Why was yeah. that food? I agree. I feel the I exact mean, same way. You no, know, it's weird. It, it, yeah. There's tons of disconnect. But yeah, if I, for yeah. launch, I'll definitely like, that's when I want it done. Yeah. Or if I'm traveling or something, I will get something done three weeks ahead of time. So it just depends, but I like two weeks. It feels enough where I can be in advance, but I'm also not missing things that like, I like to post what's fresh, what's happening with myself and my clients. And so that, that helps you stay two weeks. Um, yes. I, I edit them on splice. I download them from splice and then I just upload them to Instagram. And again, you don't have to use Splice. Splice, I pay for it. I think CapCut's free. Um, CapCut works. Um, some people used InShot for a long time. Whatever one will just get you filming reels, use it. So don't overthink what editing app you need to use. Yeah, exactly. Does most of your inspiration for, uh, for content come from questions you get? 
Yes and no. So it's both. So it, it will be from questions. I'll do like Q and A's kind of weekly. Um, and then I'll get, you know, comments or questions of my content. I'll literally, I see a question in my comments. I pop on a Trello. I write that question down. I'm like, cool. It's for content later. I also scroll through Instagram and get inspiration. And this is a big thing that I think a lot of people, coaches, especially go through. We're not reinventing the wheel. Everyone has talked about every single piece of content you're ever going to post, but what makes you unique is you're explaining it in a way no one else has ever explained it. And that's your superpower is why people are attracted to my content is I'm explaining it to a way that clicks for them. And you're going to explain content to someone else that clicks for them. And so when I'm scrolling through reels, I honestly look like when I, I'm, I know I'm talking about reels, but I think it's relevant because it's good to post reels is when I see a reel and I hear a sound, I'm like, how can I make this fitness? I don't try to reinvent the wheel and just create something out of nothing. I'll see like a, a reel on, I don't know, someone and their husband. And I'm like, okay, how could I make this fitness related with my husband? And I put a spin to that. I think a lot of times with content, we're looking to reinvent the wheel and like make something completely out of nothing, which you can do. But like, it's totally fine if you take inspiration. And again, I'm not copying anyone. We're taking inspiration and making it your own. Um, but it's totally fine if you see something, you're like, okay, that's funny. She's talking about a calorie deficit here. Why don't I talk about a calorie surplus here or muscle here? And then you make it your own type of content. So I think a lot of time, that's the biggest thing is I'll, I'll consume content on Instagram and figure out how can I put my own Brie spin to what I'm consuming? Does that make sense? Yeah, this okay. could end up being like one of the best things we talk about today. <laughs> okay, cool. Like I mean, for example, yeah, people know like how important that is, but like you saying that your superpower is how you explain it is huge because yeah. so many people are like, oh, I saw Brie talk about reverse dieting. Eve talked about reverse dieting. Dana oh. talked about reverse dieting. And then they're going to go and do their reverse dieting content. And it's so stiff it's yes. like you're reading a web md post and that's uh -huh. what people want yeah yeah you're and it could be yourself to be what you think everybody else is doing to look professional but yeah. you're watering down your superpower like people can't see the personality yeah and if you feel stiff like if you see i post reverse sighting e post reverse sighting well jot that down on your trello board and come back to it when it feels more natural because you've just read our post and you're going to feel like you need to repeat everything we just said, and it's not going to be you. Jot it down as an idea, come back to it in two weeks and be like, okay, I haven't read their post. So this is going to come out really fresh how I would talk about it. Uh, but again, reverse dieting has probably been talked about on Instagram 1.5 million times. Like no one's reinventing the wheel. You're going to be talking about the same exact stuff we are, but you are going to say it again in some certain way. You're going to phrase it in some certain way that hits for someone else perfectly. And that's what's going to bring in the client. And that's, what's going to relate to people. Yep. And then you're not feeling like you're keeping up with somebody you're not. Yeah, exactly. I mean, I used to think like, I mean, all of y'all, I'm not saying anyone needs to follow me, but if you do, or you happen to the very last post that I post, it was a reel and it was just making fun of my husband. It says basically point of view, your husband says he needs five minutes and then he's ready to go to the gym. And that transitions to the, an office clip where it says, oh, I'm just pooping because my husband always has to poop the second we have to leave for the gym every single time. I didn't make like that whole thing up. I saw another lady post about how every time she's doing something with the kids and she's cleaning, she magically finds her husband has to go to the bathroom every time she has to clean. And I'm like, oh, what is the time that Sage has to poop every single time I need to do something? The gym. So it's like, I'm just going through content and finding something and being like, this has nothing to do with fitness. It's kids and stuff. I mean, kids can do with fitness. You know what I mean? But like, it's a family page about her kids how could I twist this and make it fitness? And so I think we overthink our content because we think we have to come up with something from literally nothing. Use the internet to inspire something for you to create. That's good. I love that. Good. Love that a lot. So to shift the conversation a little bit, I'll just say it flat out. Do you ever get imposter syndrome? <laughs> All the time. All the time. And it, I don't, I don't want to say it doesn't ever stop. It happens probably less and less. And are you referencing imposter when it comes to like social media or just being a coach? Oh my God. I feel like there's both. both. I mean, they can let, definitely let you know in the chat. I get asked it on every podcast, anytime I public speak and there's a Q and A, but it can be for, it can be either. It can be both at the same damn time. Like all yeah. the time. 
Yeah. I feel like for, yeah, everyone's saying both. Yeah. So I feel like for on Instagram and social media, it's just, I feel like where I get imposter syndrome is like, again, I, I, even though I said it earlier, I still have to remind myself that every content serves a different, serves a different purpose. And like, I'll see someone else growing on Instagram. Like, why am I not? Am I, is my content not good enough? And I just have to reel back and remember, like you could switch your content over to what they're doing, but it's not you. And you're not going to do successful and well of it. You just have to keep posting what you want. And I think at the beginning, there was a lot of times when I was posting where I wasn't sure what I wanted to post or what I enjoyed posting. It's literally that analogy of throwing spaghetti against the wall and you find out what feels good and you just keep going from there. And the more you post, the less imposter syndrome that you get um, and the more confident you get in that ability. And I think the same just goes with coaching. The more that you're coaching, the better that you, you get more confident over time. But I think something that I was reminded myself at, and another coach told me at this one point is like, you just have to know more than your client and your client's already coming in knowing zero. So if you know more than your client, you're already going to be able to help them. And so for, I mean, for the most part, it's, again, I'm really simplifying this, but like for the most part, it's, you know, helping them to get movement. And I'm assuming because you're in the macro mentorship, it's tracking their calories, tracking their macros and helping them, assisting them with that. And so I think a lot of times I'll have like a really bad client and I second guess myself and I'm like, I think back and I'm like, no, like I've reached out to them. I don't, again, I don't know what situations or issues you guys are having if you're with clients, but I've reached out to them, you know, countless times, have accountability with them. They haven't been doing everything I've been asking them to do with their protocols. Like I've been doing my part as a coach. And so I have to sit back and be like, look, like part of this is on the client. Um, and sit back and feel like I've done a hundred percent to try and help my client. I don't know if that's how people are experiencing imposter syndrome or what, but I feel like the biggest time I get imposter syndrome is I have a client who's not making progress is not doing it. I'm like, look, you got to back up. Have you, and I'm talking to myself, have you given a hundred percent of yourself as a coach? I'm like, yes, I've followed up with them several times. I check in with them, you know, every other day, if not each day, I keep asking about their data sheet, tracking this, tracking that I reach out to them before the weekends. I go, Hey, what's going on this weekend? Can we pre-plan or pre-track everything? And they don't respond to me. I've done everything on my part this is a two-way thing. They have to reach back out. And 99.99999% of the time, those clients aren't coming back with, if I'm meeting them halfway, they're not meeting me back halfway. So I have to step back and be like, I know what I'm doing. It's, they're not fulfilling their parts and protocol. So I don't know if that's where you're going with that, but that's how I kind of interpreted that question yep. when I was thinking about it. Yeah. And I agree. I mean, um, you guys know, I say that a lot. <laughs> it's, well, not, it's not all on you. It's not like, if you've done your part, you can only meet them so far. Yeah. And it's so hard if you're, you know, you're caring, you're compassionate and you want to see them when we just can't always do it for them. We can't. Yeah. You know what I mean, someone said I'm a people pleaser. That is me by definition, a hundred percent. I have really struggled to work through the people pleasing. And, and I'm also, if you guys know anything about Enneagrams, I'm an Enneagram too, which is the helper. So not only my people pleaser, I'm a helper at heart. And so I not only want to please, I want to help. And so it's just like, really, I just, I really had to sit back because I was, I was, I was destroying myself a little bit inside because I was just like, flipping over backwards, like wondering like what I was doing wrong. And I had to realize like, no, like the client has to equally meet me halfway as well. And so now to help me with that, I kind of have a checklist in my head of like, okay, if I have a client who's really struggling, I'm going to bend over backwards. I'm going to message them every morning, holding them accountable. I'm going to message them on Wednesday and Thursday to ask about the weekend so we can plan it out. I'm going to ask them if they want to set up calls because I have it in my coaching the first two weeks I do mandatory one-on-one calls. And then after that, it's optional. If they want to hop on a call, I still do check-ins. I do a video feedback check-in where I record my screen when I talk about their check-in form. Um, but it's optional. I'll be like, Hey, you know, we're really struggling. Why don't we hop on a call for the next four weeks to really hold ourselves accountable. So I'll reach out in all these ways. And if they still can't follow through, I'm like, well, I've, I've done everything I can besides physically being there and holding their can their hand. I've done everything. And so having that checklist, in my brain of doing everything I can on my end has helped to ease my people pleasing and helper things. And I'm also, and you know, I, I'm a very emotional person too. And so it's just like, it just all kind of collapsed on me at one point. I was like, I've got to figure this out because I can't continue coaching like this. So. Yeah, absolutely. It can be hard. <laughs> and if you're like yeah. an empath, uh, it's, yeah. like, it's so hard. It's so much. It's yeah. so much. Do you also go through periods of like, I don't even want to be on Instagram. Oh. I post 
keep going, but I don't want to post. Yeah. all, All the time. And I think there's definitely times where it's fine to take a break. I don't think that's going to affect your, your, um, you know, overall coaching business. If you say like, Hey, like I had a death in the family. I need to take a break to take a break. If you have to ask me, like, can I take a break? Because I had a death in the family. Like, what would you tell your client? You know what I mean? Like, obviously, but like, there's definitely, I mean, I just think about the example I always use when people asking this question is like, you know, there's how many days do you like, just not, I don't know how many people in here, like work a full-time job on top of doing coaching or previously work nine to five and stuff like that. But if you only went to your job on the days that you felt like it, you wouldn't have a job right now. You know what I mean? And so it's like, yeah, there are obviously days that I don't want to show up, but I just, you know, I just adjust how I'm maybe posting on Instagram stories. You know what I mean? That's why I prep things ahead of time. That's why I pre-record things two weeks ahead of time. Cause there's days I don't feel like it. Well, at least I have my posts ready to go. I can hit post and then I can just show up on my stories a little bit and kind of take a little bit of a break and then give myself a little bit of that step back if I need it. But I mean, it's all the time, you know, because mm-hmm. it's just like, it's just like, a, like as, as fun as Instagram can be at the end of the day, it's a job, you know mm-hmm. what I mean? And, and this Instagram is the marketing side of our job. Yep. And I mean, it can sometimes be the downside that creates the positive side of, I get to work no bra, whatever yeah. like crappy pants I wanted. Like I could go two days if I wanted to without a bra. I can drink what I want when I want. Yeah. Five cups on my desk. I don't have anybody eating snacks off my desk. You know what I mean? Or I'm not hit by cookie jars and I can make my own schedule. Is this, is everyone in here full-time coaching? Or are we, is some people working like a full mixture. nine to five mixture? Okay. Okay, cool. Yeah. Yeah. That's, that's the other thing too, is like for, I mean, especially what my people here who are full time, it's just like, there are so many, like, like she said, you're like, you have so much freedom in what you get to do. And it's like, just show up. You know what I mean? Like, just get something on your stories, post something, even share that, share that you're feeling terrible that day. And you really don't feel like showing up and that you want to be honest about that and, and relate that to fitness. There's a, there's a content idea. You know what I mean? Yesterday, I didn't feel like showing up to Instagram, but I did it anyways, because discipline and motivation, here's how it relates to fitness. There's a piece of content idea, you know? And so every time you feel that way, you know, show up and be, and that's what I think people like a lot is authenticity is really, you know, I, something that I didn't see in the space when I started my page and how I, um, create my content as I wanted to see things that I didn't see from other people. And I feel like a lot of that was food. Like I feel like every time and I had nothing against all the pretty 12 recipe foods. Those are awesome. Those are beautiful. Lots of people love that, but I hate cooking. I don't like it at all. I want it easy and accessible. And so for, for 80% of my meals, it either can be in the microwave or seven minutes on the air fryer. And so a lot of my clientele, they come to me and they also hate cooking. And so it's, I'm attracting that clientele, like they want something easy and simple and doesn't take a lot of time. And so just showing up authentically. You don't feel like you have to have these pretty, like with sesame seeds poured on top, like meals. Like if how you authentically eat is that you, you know, heat heat up at Jimmy Dean's in the morning. And then for lunch, you have a sandwich and then dinner, you have leftovers from three nights ago. Show that people, people want fitness, the barrier to fitness to be lowered because all they see all the time are these perfect influencers with these perfect morning routines and their night routines with these perfect you know, uh, apartments that are so aesthetically pleasing. They want to see that there are real people doing this, you know, they do. And I think, and I think that's another thing I, I, for a long time felt embarrassed about is, you know, I just moved into a house a, a month ago for, you know, the last two ish, three years, I was posting just for my little apartment. You know what I mean? That, you know, we had, I have five animals and a husband, like it was packed in there and it wasn't like the most aesthetically pleasing looking apartment. If you're comparing that to, Instagram of what's aesthetically pleasing, but like, who cares? You know what I mean? I couldn't change the situation. My only choice was, was to post. And I think also it just shows that's like, Hey, I'm just your average person, you know, in my almost thirties in my apartment, making this thing work, you know, COVID hit and I did my at-home workouts and I had my bands and, you know, just showed how it was possible. Yeah. I mean, you make an important point about like the barrier to entry for nutrition or fitness coaching or both. 
And people can be intimidated with, oh my God, do I have to keep up with eating the things that Brie is eating? Yeah. Even supplements, even workout clothes. I mean, like people, I mean, social media can be amazing, but it can yeah. also scare people away from their goals because yeah. they think they have to do certain things because they can see what a lot of people are doing, but they also forget that, that some of that stuff is strategically placed to make you want it but that may not be what their true reality is. Yeah, it could be that you, I'm not saying this is the case. I'm saying you posting your 15 ingredient, high protein sesame, you know, PF Chang's at home protein chicken or whatever is intimidating to your ideal audience. You know what I mean? And like, actually, if you just posted what you really wanted to make, that would attract your audience a little bit more. And, and it could be that, I mean, there's plenty of people, I mean, there's massive food pages that have these beautiful, just like colorful foods. And I'm inspired by those. I look at those and man, I wish I love to cook, but the reality is I don't, I won't ever take the time to do that. So I think my point in saying all that is make sure you're posting authentically what you would do, you know? Do you have a like goal each week of how often you like to post to your feed or even daily for stories, how much you want to show up, or do you just figure it out every week? Yeah. So that's, that's, that's been my biggest struggle recently. So I used to always want to post every single day. Um, because if I, if I have the content batched out two weeks, I, I can batch out the content two weeks ahead of time. And so it's like, let me just post every single day. I can do it. And then I just started getting that funk. Like you said, you noticed where I wasn't posting authentically and I fell off. And then I was like, okay, I'm going to get back to it. Um, and so probably within the past, like two, three months, I've been like, okay, I'm going to get back to posting every single day. And I haven't. And it's funny because I'm not taking my own advice. I've been really down on myself for not posting every single day. I'm like, look, Brie, if this was your client who was like, Hey, I'm not doing X, Y, Z every single day, you would come to them and say, okay, well, you can't do it seven days a week. So how about we do it four days a week or like, you know, workouts, like say if your client is, you know, you have your client working out five days a week, but they only can hit three then you'd be like, okay, well, let, then be happy and proud that you did three days a week because previously you weren't, you weren't working out at all. And so I'm like, take your own advice. So slowly over time, my goal is to get back to posting daily. But right now I'm just trying to post as frequently as, not frequently, at least one every single day. And I'm working back up to that. So currently I think I'm at five times a week and I'm trying to work up to posting back to once every single day. And then on my stories, I wouldn't say I put any pressure for how much I post, I just want to provide value in some way, if that makes sense. So it's like, if I post like my dog and then my cat, and then like I'm watching suits or something on Netflix, there's not really a ton of value that, I mean, there is because you're connecting to your audience. You're not, oh my gosh, you're watching suits. I watch suits. You know what I mean? But I want to provide something of value. So I at least try to at least get on there once and provide something where it's helping someone in some way or could, does that make sense? That's yeah. kind of my goal for stories per day. That definitely does. Um, with your DMS and things like that, do you ever feel, this is probably my, one of my things. <laughs> do you ever feel like, oh my God, I don't want to leave anything on red. Or do you like go in, do you batch it? Like, how do you feel about just like DMS in general, like keeping up with the DMS? I honestly get back to every DM every single day, but the reason why is like, I'll get on the treadmill or something and I, I have it stack. And so when I'm on the treadmill an hour is pretty a solid amount of time for me to go through all my DMS, I just hit, you know, filter unread and I just go through and I reply to everyone. And I at least just go in once a day. I'm not constantly like every second going in my DMS, like breakfast, lunch, and dinner. I just, in the morning I hit unread, I go through them all. And if I have time in the afternoon where I have some free time, I'll go back in there, but I just try to do it once a day. Okay, cool. I know some yeah. people feel like, oh my God, I have to answer it immediately. No. And then they feel like this like urgency to keep up. And then they have a full-time job and they're like, oh my God, like how, how do I balance this in the future? If I'm getting triple the DMs versus now people, yeah, can no, no, no. they can wait a little bit. Yeah. Your clients are your number one priority. You know what I mean? Like these people, I mean, uh, yes, you want to provide value and help out the people in your DMS, but like the people that are paying you your number one priority is your clients. And so if that's overwhelming you and keeping you from your clients, like once a day is fine. Honestly, if you get a really busy day, like it's fine if you leave them in the DMS for two, I mean, think about from the other, it's always like reverse their perspective. Like think about from the other end, if you DM someone and they didn't respond to you within an hour, would you be thinking about that? No, you would we'd send them a DM and you'd be like, Oh, I forgot. I sent this DM you know, they respond the next day and you, you wouldn't think much about it. So I always try to reverse. And they just know you that. have a life, like we have, yeah. we're living. So yeah, hundred percent. And most people don't expect you to reply the amount of DMs I get. They're like, yeah, you probably won't ever see this, but if you do, and then I reply, they're like, 
I never thought you're going to reply. And I was like, well, yeah, I'm going to, I mean, I think a lot of people, not a lot of people, but more on the influencer side of the space, they don't on the coaching side, we like replying. We enjoy educating people. We enjoy helping people. And that's our purpose in it. So I always reply. I don't, I try not, I get back to all my DMs, but I will say I went through this morning. I had some DMs that were like three days old. Do you know what I mean? I just either Instagram didn't filter them through. I didn't have enough time yesterday to go through all of them. It's not the end of the world. Yeah. It'll be just fine. Yeah. Have so. you ever done, I don't, I don't know if I've seen you use it, but it's like that chat messenger where you use it on a post. And if people drop a word or an emoji, it DMs them like, oh, drop, drop an apple and I'll send you my like macro tracking guide or free workout. And then boom, it takes it over to DMs and then you, it may lead to you getting more DMs. I'll be honest. I don't know how to use that feature. So that Maybe might be why. Okay. I've never, I, I, I know what it is. Yeah. I've seen it where like, so with getting a new home, I'm like, my reel is, my reels are consumed with like DIY home stuff and furniture and all that. And so a lot of those home people will be like, tech or shoot me curtains and I'll send you the, the link. And then it just shoots right over. So yeah. I, I don't know how they're doing it. I haven't looked into it, but that would I honestly be that a many bomb feature. Yeah. It's, uh, I think it's the many chat app. We oh, actually yeah. have it on our website when we launch. So mm. go to our website and they have questions about like buying one-on-one -on -one coaching or um, when we're selling macro mentorship, there's like a little like help chat, like little bot or a button. And then it'll okay. shoot a message from my website page to my Facebook chat. Oh. But now I know you can also do it to your Instagram DMs. And then there's another level and it may not be the free version that I have where people are doing that because my page is full of home influencers because I love Amazon things. Like where's your Amazon candle? Yeah. Oh, this gadget that like scrubs my, my the newest thing I'm on is this scrubber that I'll be able to use on my stove without me. Yeah. Scrub. Right. And I drop the whatever. And then they DM. Is it, the, is it the spinner one? Is it yes. the spinner one? Yeah. I know exactly with, what you're talking about. Yeah. Pink, that pink paste or whatever. That's yes. what I'm on. Pink this stuff. Yeah. Yeah. yeah I, I don't use that. Like that. Or I like can see future. my workout outfit. <laughs> yeah. I need to look into that because I keep seeing that. And I'm like, I don't know how people are doing this, but I was like, I got to make content. So I'll worry about this later. Yeah. You know, I so if you ever used it, cause it'll make your DMS go up, which means more time. Oh, also. I haven't. People will, people will okay, go for the link or like great or whatever. Um, I haven't. It is pretty cool. I know that is cool. Questions that people asked. Okay. I'm sorry, y'all. I have not used it. So yeah, <laughs> I don't have any response for that one. <laughs> you ever worry about hashtags anymore? Or do you just put them in to put them in or don't use them? Um, I put them in just to put them in because I know that like SEO is working. And so SEO, like it's searching through your caption to be like, okay, what is this person talking about? And so I'll put like strength training, strong women, weightlifting. So that way the SEO will be like, oh, it says strength training. Let me throw this out to this person who keeps looking at strength training reels. And so I do very, very basic ones. I don't worry about it anymore. I just, I think they can be helpful. Maybe, I don't know this for sure. I'm just guessing. Can they be, they may be they're helpful for SEO search because weightlifting wasn't in my caption, but now it's here in my thing. And so it's going to throw it to those people. So yeah, I just don't put so much weight on hashtags anymore. Yeah, I agree. I just make them to match the content of the caption, maybe pick a word that the photo or the real yeah. um, implying, but it isn't in there, but I just kind of do it for measure. Cause I don't know anymore. It yeah. Be, I used to get probably 20% of my applications from hashtags, but that was like pre 2020. Mm, yeah. Um, I just do them for good measure. Cause I don't know what they're doing anymore. And I just do it to do it. Yeah. Same. I'm in the same boat. So if, if from that response, I think everyone's just, if anyone's putting a lot of weight and hashtags. I think this is your sign just to throw them in there for good measure and just worry about the con your, the, the bulk of your content, what you're posting. Mm -hmm. Yeah, so. absolutely. Um, so I said, do you plug words in for hashtags? I so have, also, have oh, saved. Okay. I cut and paste a bunch of mine. Cause I don't want to sit there and type all the words. I have like five that I always do. And I just memorize them. It's strength training, weight training, strong women, women who lift, 
and like fitness. I think I do those five every time and I just throw them in, but I do type them out. I sh- I could totally just copy and paste. I just don't. Mm-hmm. So maybe that's what you meant by, do you just plug words? Test them out. Yeah. Oh, and like I- without, without the hashtags you're saying? Like without the pound sign? Oh no, I put the pound sign in front of it. Yeah, I do too. Yeah. Yeah, I always add that in. Um, someone asked how many clients that I work with and I do group coaching or only one-on-one. So my clients right now, I, I, I bounce back and forth between 30. So I might have like 30 to five and then maybe like 28. It just depends on like the flow of people that are kind of going in and out. Um, and then group coaching or only one-on-one. So I have one-on-one with nutrition and then nutrition and training together. <clears throat> and then I also have a group training program um, where I have... I program a training program. I put on this app called train heroic, and then people can join train heroic and get access to the workouts, um, for $29 per month is how I do that. So I don't do any type of like group nutrition, anything like that. It's more so just like group training. So I'm glad somebody brought that up because I did want you to also mention your podcast. If people, yeah. I'm loving all the stuff she's saying. Like, where can I hear free talk more? <laughs> like plug my podcast or talk about doing the pot, like starting a podcast. Oh, no, just plug it. And like what the oh. content is and like what um, platforms that you're on so that they can come find you. Yes. Yeah, so I am on Spotify, Apple. I think that's it. Spotify and Apple. It's currently called the damn strong podcast. Um, but we're rebranding to, I think we're going to call it either let's thrive or thrive the podcast. One of the two. Um, but yeah, currently it's a damn strong podcast and it's on Spotify and Apple. I mean, it's basically all of my content that I post on my page. I mean, I talk about reverse dieting. We talk about mindset. I do Q and A's. I trying to think what else that I do, uh, how to track your calories using my fitness pal, just everything I would post on my, I'll be honest. A lot of the stuff that I do on my podcast, I'm like, Oh, what I said in that sentence right there is a really good content idea. And I'll just take it and repurpose it for Instagram. So it's everything I post on Instagram. I just put in a listening format and I'll be, does anyone have a, do, is anyone have a podcast here or thinking about starting a podcast or anything like that? Okay. People want to start. Do it. It is awesome. I have gotten a lot of people as clients from the podcast because people will hear one podcast like, oh my gosh, I resonate so much. And they just binge your podcast and they're like, oh my gosh, yes. Like this is amazing. It's really easy to get started doing a podcast. It's not as hard as you think. Um, The platform that I use is uh, actually just recently switched. So I'll save you from the previous ones that I did. It's called Riverside. Let me double check that. I think it's called Riverside. Yep. It's called Riverside. Um, so you just go on there and you could just start from your computer and just hit record. You could just just audio only. So you just sit in front of your laptop, you hit record and then talk on the podcast episode, you hit stop. You can edit there right in Riverside and then you just download and you just upload onto what, what do you, um, Eve, what do you use for uploading your podcast to all the platforms? Um, we're actually using, because we use Kajabi and stuff for our website or program okay. courses. So we're using them to upload. I forgot okay. who we were going to go with. I, I, yeah, I use podcasters by spot. They changed their name, but I think it's called podcasters by Spotify. Yeah. Or so Spotify for podcasters. So I upload it onto Spotify for podcasters, and then it disperses it onto Apple and Spotify at the same time for me. So Riverside to record and edit. I download it. I upload it to Spotify for podcasters and then it disperses it onto the platforms. And it's really, again, when I started my podcast, I didn't have this headset. I didn't have this microphone. I literally recorded from my laptop. I went into my closet because there's all the set, the carpet, the clothes. It was really good for sound. And then my animals left me alone. I would record in the darkness of my closet and then I would just upload. So don't overthink it. Um, is there a fee that Spotify or Apple? No, there's no fee that they charge. Uh, for Riverside, I think the first two hours of recording is free. So if you do more than two hours of recording, you do have to pay for it. I can't remember what the cost is because I just switched on the platform. So I'm using the free version. And after using it like twice, I'm already sold that I love this platform better than what I, what I had before. Yeah, don't overthink it. Just do it. 
I think we, we all like, like you said, with the classic overthinker, we're also like wanting to like get it perfect the first time. And we can't post a podcast episode unless we have a mic and all that, like just do it because it's keep like, what's your other choice? Like wait until you get there or just like, go ahead and do it. And then as you learn through all the bugs and how to do stuff, then you can get equipment and go from there. And if you're curious, like zoom for weeks. Like, honestly, you don't, yeah. Zoom, I mean, and then we had one and I hated it. And then we upgraded to this one. Is that the blue? Yeah. A lot That's of what I have too. Yeah. I just don't have it in now, but yeah. Yeah. To give you like a cost yeah. reference, like this, this headset and this um, microphone was like $136 on Amazon. So like 136 bucks. And then Riverside right now currently is free for me. I think it's going to be, end up being like $20 a month, maybe something like that. So roughly for 20 bucks a month, I can do my podcast. So, but again, like, like Eve said, don't overthink it. Record it on zoom. Zoom automatically gives you just the audio and then you can just upload the audio. You just won't edit it, which is fine. Um, but you don't need to edit it. You just leave in all the raw and I just edit out like the, the pauses that I have and stuff like that. So that's all we do. Yeah. yeah. So don't overthink Sometimes it. After we record, we can have it published in 10 minutes. Yeah. Exactly. You, it's you, it's uncensored. You don't, I, I really considered it when my account got frozen twice, like a year and something ago, I lost my Facebook for days. And I was like, I need something else for people that aren't email reading newsletter people that want to hear me talk. Yeah. And I have to worry about Instagram stepping in and saying, you can't talk about this anymore. And blah, right. blah, blah. And it was like the best thing. We can do whatever. Yeah. I love having a podcast. Upload it. Upload it. <laughs> Do it. Upload it today and then send it to me. Yeah, you have to upload it. I mean, what? Upload it upload. and we will all share it. What's, this is always the thing I think about too. What's the worst thing that's going to happen if you upload it? Like, I can't think of like a terrible thing. Like someone's going to message you and tell you it sucks. Okay, so what? Like, screw them. They weren't your ideal audience anyways. You know? Yeah. I always play like what's I always play worst case scenario in my head. I'm like, okay, if I do this, what's my worst case scenario? You know? It's just like starting reels the first time, starting your Instagram business account, starting a podcast, hiring a business coach, I hiring definitely. a fitness coach. You'll wish you would have done it sooner. It's the same yeah. thing. Yeah. We wait. I also think long. think about it. Think about it from the opposite end of like your clients. Like your client was like, well, I don't want to film myself in the gym and send it to you. I don't want to film for my form form videos or whatever. It's like, you would just be like, well, I need to see your form. Like, I don't want you to get hurt. So it's like, yeah, you can, you can, um, encourage them a lot. Like, you know, people aren't looking at you. No one's thinking about it. It's fine. But like at the end of the day, you just got to do it. You know, mm -hmm. you got to just film yourself. So I always think back when I have like self-doubt or limiting beliefs, I was thinking about well, what would I tell a client? And I'm like, oh, I got to take my own advice. And then you just go through. Creating, what about creating my captions? You have a process or anything? Framework or you just boom, just go. I just go. I do it when I feel, I don't try and force it. That's the worst for me. So it's like whenever, literally sitting in a doctor, I know I use this, this example so many times, but sitting in a doctor's office, if it pops up, that's why I love Trello. I pull up Trello, I type a card title, I start typing out the caption and I'm like, ooh, this feels great. Like this is fresh in my brain. And then when I get called in, I hit save and then I revisit it later. So I like to do captions when I have the inspiration for it, because when I don't, it, like you said, feels stiff, you know, like it just isn't me. And so I just try to do it whenever it springs up. It could be like a Friday night. I'm at like a, a restaurant. I'm like two seconds, guys, I gotta go to the bathroom. I need to type this out because it's fresh and I'll just type it out real quick. So, uh, no, I don't think it's necessary to have the blue check mark at all. My only reason for even getting the blue check mark was just more of a security thing because you can get help from Instagram. Like you have direct access to Instagram if like something happens. And I'm more so just concerned about that. I did not do it because I thought it would give me better clout or anything. Yeah. You just get clarity. You guys know I say it all the time. You don't get any clarity unless you take action. Yeah. You know what's going to hit, like what things are people loving? When, when is your ideal client really connecting with you? When are your applications going up until you post it? When you overthink it, you're just losing more opportunities to connect with people. You're having analysis paralysis. And so you're like, well, instead of posting this, the better option would be that I just don't post anything at all, which is untrue. You should just post it. You know, it's not perfect. And the more you type things out, the more you're like, this is my voice. This is my voice. This is my voice. And it'll just come more naturally where it's easy.
but I don't know what Julie's talking about because her content is really good. So like, she's just, not, she's like, you, you said, she's never thinker. Yeah, yeah. She's never thinker. I can validate you today. Your content is good. Yeah, it is. It's really good. So help more people today. I'm glad we got to like connect on video. Me too. Not all the way in real life, but it's, I know it's close. It's, it's close. close. <laughs> close as we're going to get right now. So I definitely encourage you guys to check out her podcast. It's awesome. Um, and then check out the rebrand that's coming. Cause I think it's going to end up being really cool. I know you're like trying to settle into like your new house, which is exciting. Yeah. But I think it's going to be a fun ride to watch with the transition of the rebrand that you're going to do. Thank you. Yeah. I'm excited for it. So Cool, cool, cool. Well, you guys, Bree is more than willing to answer DMs. You guys heard her. So if you guys yes. have questions that you didn't want to feel singled out, feel free to reach out. Um, she has an amazing training app too. If you're looking for more support and hitting your own goals and getting strong as hell. So definitely oh, check yeah. out too and give her yeah. a follow. And, and he's not joking. Like if you guys have any additional questions after this, please DM me. Don't hesitate. There's no stupid questions. Like I was in your spot at once. And I wish I had someone to reach out to and DM and talk through these things. So any questions you guys have, you guys have, please shoot me a DM and I'll get back to you. So. Yeah, you guys are welcome. Cool. Well, thank you so much today. We appreciate you. Thank you. You guys have a great rest of your day. Out for all your amazing reels. Thank you. <laughs> all right. Bye guys. Have a good day. You guys see you later. Bye-bye. Thanks for listening to our podcast today. Make sure you like, share, and tag us on Instagram. Also, subscribe to our channel so you don't miss future episodes. In the meantime, be healthy and get wealthy.